Hey everybody, this is Jason from Cornerstone Dog Training. Today I want to talk about the tools trap. Now, when it comes to dog training, tools are huge. There's a lot of controversy over tools, um, and there's, they're a huge part of the training process. And so the question always is like, what's a good tool? What's a bad tool? What, you know, is humane? What isn't? And we hear these things over and over and over again. And the tools trap that I'm referring to here is that tools often become a crutch in training. Instead of, uh, instead of getting us to where we need to be, it becomes what we always have to go back to. And so, a quick story, when I was uh, working with my mentor, one of the times we're working and we're here at this dog training facility and we're working on stuff and, uh, and we do, you know, we got started working and then we go to our morning meeting and he says, hey, today, is a no tools day. You can only use a slip lead. And a slip lead looks like this, okay? So this is a slip lead right here. It's just a rope back over itself, right? And it's a, a tight, loose technique that helps train a dog. But this was it. He's like, okay, just a, just a slip lead. You know, you, you, vets use them, um, show dogs use them and everything, trainers use them. And this is a good soft one, but uh, he said, that's all. You can't, use, you, you can't use any of the other training tools. Nothing like a prong collar, which is a, a metal tool that's the same as this, except uh, more effective, and <laughs> looks like a barbaric torture tool. It's not. It's a good tool, but uh, you have to know how to use it. Any tool that you don't understand how to use is really a bad tool. Okay, if I don't know how to use a nail gun and I'm trying to use a nail gun for for cooking or whatever, it's a bad tool, right? And so sometimes things tools get a bad rap, right? I don't like hammers when they're used for violence. Bad tool, right? But they're pretty darn good for hitting a nail in and for building stuff, helping to build stuff. So uh, he's a no no prong collars, no e collars, just a slip lead, okay? And uh, there's different versions of all these tools, but just a slip lead. And so I was like, okay, this could be interesting. And it was, I mean, we were working with dogs that have severe anxiety. We're working with dogs that were dog aggressive or human aggressive. And it was kind of freaky just having this and that's it. And the reason he had us do that is because sometimes we get too dependent on the tools that we like to use. And we kind of find what we're comfortable with and we stick with it. When we're helping somebody learn to train their dog, it's always gonna to be tool heavy at first. Because people have, you know, they're struggling with a situation or an issue with their dog, a behavioral problem. It's always gonna to be tool heavy at first. But the goal ultimately is to have an understanding between you and your dog and not have to use the tools as much. To be able to phase them almost completely out, if not completely out. So, uh, the trouble with tools is that they're essential, but they also sometimes become a crutch. So how do we avoid that? We avoid that by using the tool as uh, only as needed, as little as possible. And we ultimately, when we, we try to give our dog direction, we want to give them also a space between to try and make a choice, okay? There's a correction and a choice, or there's direction and there's a choice. And that, if that dog can make a good choice, we're happy about that. If they make a bad choice, we're going to let them make it and then kind of see what happens, but then also guide them back in, this, in the right direction. 
with a, after a correction, right? So we want them to be able, we want to be able to say, hey, no, this is bad, don't go this direction. And yet, at the same time, we want to be able to say, make a choice. Because if I'm always just, here, so much direction that you just have to do whatever I say, after a while, it starts to shut off. Okay, so I, I joked about uh, paragliding earlier. I, I love paragliding. One of our trainers, Josh, is a paraglider, and the way he talked about it, about like sailing through the sky, and it's just you, and you, you, you know, you can jump off of a mountain, fly down to the sky, and land in a field, was awesome. I, I was so excited about it. So I decided I was going to go start to learn that. And it was really, really cool, and I've loved the process, and I'm still learning, just like in anything. We're always still learning. But at first, the trainer is telling me everything to do. And there's a, a radio, that's why I'm pointing at my ear for those watching on video. There's a radio, and I'm listening to him, and he's saying, do this, turn this way, you know, look over your shoulder this way, and he's telling me everything. And so dog training is no different. When we're first learning, the trainer is like telling you everything to do. And when you're working with your dog, you kind of, you know, you're telling them like everything to do. When they're a puppy, there's a lot of feedback through that leash and through the other tools. However, as time goes on, if we keep doing that, we actually stunt the growth of the learner because they stop thinking for themselves and just being like, okay, I will follow. And we don't want robots, okay? Dogs, technically, they can't be robots. And I'm thankful for that because I don't want any dog to be a robot. I want them to be a dog. But we want them to think through it and be that dog, not just go through the motions. It's one of the things I worry about as a parent the most because I worry sometimes if I give too much feedback when my kids are ready to leave, they're not going to be able to be great adults because they're not ready for that, for the situations that are ahead of them. And it's really no different with our dogs, okay? So in training, tool heavy at first, and then we've got to stop and say, okay, I'm going to try and back off the tools a little bit and let them make more decisions on their own. And keep doing that until all of a sudden it's like, man, I don't need these tools. And that, that's really like, that's the process to go through in, with every dog that we train. Um, we want to give less and less feedback so that they make the decision on their own. So they grow into the training and the feedback instead of us always having to give the feedback. And, you know, if you ever in the situation where like, well, they do great training and then when I take the tools off or I don't have a leash or I don't have food, they won't do any of it. That's because we're getting too much feedback with the tools. And we need to stop and let these, these dogs, these awesome dogs, make that decision and grow into it themselves. And it's a fun process to watch. And I think for all of us, we can do that and we can achieve amazing things if we stop and say, you know what, sooner or later, I've got to take the reins myself and not just take the bull by the horns and go for it and direction everywhere, but stop and say, okay, I've got to... I've got to let this child, let this dog, let this other person that's learning from me learn on their own. And that's a hard thing to do. I think one of the harder things for teachers to do is to step back and not give that feedback. But if you do, then the tools stop being you know, a detriment to the training and they start helping you really make those leaps and bounds to where you need to be.